This is just a, a quick hit list of the names of companies that had had rounds of layoffs so yeah. far. So Shopify, Loan Depot, Ford, Tonal, Peloton, Meta, Rivian, Twitter, Tesla, Netflix, Coinbase, and SoundCloud earlier today. And earlier this year, we talked about in previous episodes, Spotify. And here's the funny thing about this. Almost all of these are consumer spending based. Yeah. Right? So Shopify, Spotify, these are things, these are luxury consumer discretionary spending. Right. I'll give the cars, Ford, Tesla, Rivian, I'll give them a bit of a discount being as how things are a little different in, in the car segment. But the number two highest debt load right now is auto loan still. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. This is, once again, the higher standard. I am Chris. not the favorite host. I See, am the I was going to be respectful and classy this time. You got to go ahead and make it this guy. Not this time. I, I am Chris, and that obnoxious person in the background is Saeed. Hi, everybody. <laughs> thank god he's not beatboxing once right. again all right let's jump right into it we got some stuff to talk about and being as how tomorrow the jobless numbers come out the job numbers comes out job report comes out jobless that's that's, that's how one track my mindset <laughs> is right now the jobless numbers come out tomorrow jobs report comes out tomorrow it's a big day for those of you uh driving the car sitting at home when you listen to this today is august 4th as we record this and today has been kind of one of those days where I feel a little bit bad doing what I normally do on social media. Mm-hmm. So I you wouldn't know. Yeah, know yeah. nothing about that. Hypothetically, if you were to look at my social media the last couple of days, it has been kind of negative. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. This was a, this was a post from, uh, I think, yesterday. Figures released Thursday by the Labor Department show that applications for the week ending July 30th rose 260,000 from the downwardly revised 254,000 recorded a week earlier. Mm -hmm. That is above the 2019 pre-pandemic average of 218,000 claims and just narrowly missed topping the eight-month high of 261 recorded in mid-July. Now, that in and of itself is a lot of data, a lot of numbers. But let me make it really palpable and really tangible for everybody out there. Okay. Okay? Because I did. I read about this, too. and. Uh, I wanted to get a better understanding of what a health, what I guess a healthy market would be like, right? Well, the, the give, me range. Well, give me that first because I want to. I want to. We well, can wrap I, this up nice when you're done. So I know the jobless claims are up to 260, up up from 250. So it was up 6,000 from the previous week, right? right. Highest right. numbers since November. Now in like the spring of 2020, 
you know, when COVID was running hot, uh, we were at 6.8 million. Yeah, but I also discount that period of time right. as, as a super weird anomaly that was not normal in American history in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. So I, I don't know that I give that a tremendous amount of credit. It's just one of those things where we forced ourselves into a legitimate recessionary economy. Right. And But we know based on these numbers that it's trending up. Absolutely trending up. And to give you, give you some context, I decided to just quickly Google, I didn't spend a whole lot of time on this, names of companies that had had rounds of layoffs so yeah. far. Mm-hmm. This, this is just a, a quick hit list of the names you know, and there was tremendously more names out there. Tremendously more names. You should have called me on that. Yeah. There was a lot more names out yeah. there. I was trying to be sophisticated. Yeah, sound yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. Who <laughs> All right. So Shopify, Lone Depot, Ford, Tonal, Peloton, Meta, Rivian, Twitter, Tesla, Netflix, Coinbase, mm-hmm. and SoundCloud earlier today. And earlier this year, we talked about in previous episodes, Spotify. Spotify was the first one. They asked by no, oh, Shopify, Spotify. Shopify. I did that yeah, today yeah, on a text yeah. message too. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yes. So, and here's the funny thing about this. Mm-hmm. Almost all of these are consumer spending based. Yeah. Right? So, Shopify, Spotify, these are things, these are luxury consumer discretionary spending. Right. I'll give the cars, Ford, Tesla, Rivian, I'll give them a bit of a discount being as how things are a little different in, in the car segment. But the number two highest debt load right now is auto loan still. Yeah. And number three, catching up really quickly is revolving debt. Oh, off topic. I saw this today. Didn't didn't post it to social media, but thought that we should probably talk about it. Uh, PayPal is getting into buy now, pay later. <laughs> and they're up 261% in the last month. Right. Well, I mean, if the data is there that people are going to be using it, expect more companies to start doing it, right? I mean, I guess, yeah, but I damn, mean, talk about if you're up that much in the last month. Yeah. And so their argument is, is their their end product, the, the debt they're putting on the market is much better because they have a better insight into people's spending habits. But every lender and their mother says that. Right. Yeah. Like that's what we're, our technology is better because X, and you can fill well, that X in with the same They all have thing. their own analytics, right? They're all analytics, their own way of doing it. It's all quants talking about credit. This is why we at our company don't do any automated credit decisioning. It's all human-based. Yeah. Because I want someone looking at stuff, but that takes time. Yeah, exactly. And if you're doing buy now, pay later, it's literally at point of sale. You go to a website, you want to check out. Maybe you can make more sound decisions this way. Which, our way? Yeah. Our way, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 1,000%. Yeah. It's also because you're incredibly smart and talented. Yeah, what I do, exactly. Thank well, you. Say it back. Say it back. Say yeah. it back. No, 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 say no, it no. back. You're smart for employing people like me. I What? <laughs> Jesus. Selfish son of a bitch. All right. So there is a clear uptick. And I'm going to pat myself on the back in a way not like you described. We did call this. We said July report is going to be tangible. Expect this. Yeah. Expect this as of August 1st. This is August 4th right now. Right. We're not deep into this shit. There's going to be more and more of this in the the days to come, particularly Mm -hmm. more than a week or two. But then there's going to be a second round of this really picking up towards Labor Day like we talked about in the last podcast. Right. So I, I think that this is really highlighting one huge thing that you said you spent some time researching is, is Powell's commentary. And one yeah. of the things that Powell said during that hour, 57 minute, hour long after the Fed meeting press conference was that the labor market was strong and that unemployment was still low. And that was the only point that he was resting his entire argument on. The entire argument of right? why we're not in a recession. But in that same presser, he says the following. Consumer spending is slowing. Yep. Real wages are declining. Yep. Production is slowing. Mm-hmm. GDP is falling. 
Yes. Business investment is slowing down. But hey, guys, low, low, there's low unemployment. And that's the fascinating thing. So if you're a consumer and you're hearing this, you would know that these things are lagging indicators. When all those things you just described slow, mm-hmm. companies lay off. Yes. They make less. They lay off. They have to project to the street about how they're going to be profitable again, redo their you know, forecast for the year. That's what they do. Right. So for the Fed secretary, a smart man to say something like that on national television, it has his only rationale for why we're not in a recessionary economy. I mean, was there ever a time that unemployment numbers were not lagging indicators? No, no. So that's fact, yeah, no. so I, I don't understand. It, it feels like it's like he's telling like painting like smoke and mirrors. Even during I want to say it was 1947. There was a, a single GDP increase of, I'm sorry, decrease of 11% in a mm-hmm. single quarter. Right. And that was one of the rare instances where a recession was declared before the second trailing right. quarter. Uh, I want to say it's 47, but don't, don't, nobody fact check me and send me a DM. Send it to Saeed Social yeah. Media. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that was one of those rare instances where there was a huge and quick response to it. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, the reason why he couldn't, Powell couldn't say that the rest of the data you decided was strong was because those reports had already come out. Yeah. He cited the only reports that hadn't come out as negative yet. Yeah. And gives him time because their next meeting is all the way in September. And, you know, if, if we have to lock down Wikipedia because people keep changing the definition. You have recession, right. And every single variable has now been knocked off that list. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, where are we at now? It really, what are we doing? Uh, it just, I honestly, I'm... Every day that passes, I'm getting more and more convinced that they're because consumer sentiment is down, right? Well, yeah, one thousand percent. But so, and it's but, at all time lows, right? All so, time lows. Just hear me out. I think the more did you I, just say to shut up and listen? Yeah, shut up and listen. Okay, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> we are drinking beers. Yeah. So as every day passes and we keep hearing these <sighs> this type of rhetoric, I'm feeling like they're truly afraid of public outrage. Of course they are. So it's like we got to really, you know, how they keep saying there's, there's gonna, there's gonna be, we're going to have a soft landing. No, you're, you're soft serving. That's what you're doing. <laughs> ah, that was good. You like that? That's yeah. a quote right yeah. there. That's going on the cover. Yeah, yeah. that's solid. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Start calling you soft serve. Soft serve. <laughs> yeah. I'll be yachted up and you'll be soft serve. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, that's 1,000% accurate. They're trying to manage public expectations. And at the same time on the news, if you've watched things, uh, the UK and Canada are both having huge problems with inflation. UK actually had the largest increase in their borrowing rate ever. Just, uh, I think it was yesterday or today. I'm going to okay. say no this morning. Right. So th- there's been some pretty impactful things globally that are happening. For us to sit here and say, oh, the UK is fucked. Or, oh, Canada. Oh, fucking Canadians are fucked. <laughs> yeah. And not look ourselves in the mirror and say that we're having some significant financial problems in the economy and that we are completely in denial. Actually, this is a good turning point, too, because one of the things I'm seeing on social media today and in the news is that the mortgage rates for 30-year mortgages drop below 5%. Right. Yeah. So people are like, oh, see, guys, look what's yeah, happening. that's happening a lot. Like that realtor I told you about several podcasts ago who was in his car going, ha, 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 they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. This was all expected because they priced in mm-hmm. the interest rate increase. And it's just, it just as easily as we have vision into the unemployment and this thing, this happening. And I'm getting DMs now from people saying, like, how did you guys know? Like, you guys are right. Does it suck being right all the time? Stuff like that. Like, even <laughs> sarcastic. And, and it's like, I take it with a grain of salt because it's a really shitty thing to be right about. People losing their jobs. Right. It's fucked up. And I feel sorry for everyone. Can't wait one. to turn this thing around and start predicting positive shit. Positive right? shit yeah, exactly. Right. That'd be amazing. 
like your weight loss. Yeah, you look, you look very slender th- today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. You yeah, Adam good. noticed it too. He did notice yeah. it. You weren't all black though, so <laughs> in, my, in my in my defense. But there was a lot of lights in that. In there that. was a lot of lights, and you still weren't all black. Yeah. You, you faded right into the background. <laughs> so here's the thing: is that people are looking at that rate and saying, "Okay, well this this just means that the economy's not as bad as people." That's completely wrong. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. They price in the Fed interest rate increase before, and then the market gets a bit of a sigh of relief, particularly when the, people were thinking that 1% was a possibility before this last Fed increase, right? Right. So there's a little bit of a sigh of relief, but we are still inverted. Yeah. The 10-year treasuries are lower than the, the two-year treasuries, right? So because of that, what happens is you've got this indicator that's a beacon for recessionary economies. The inverted yield curves precede recessionary economies. That's just, that is what it is. Go back in history, look it up, take your time, mm-hmm. DM site if you have any, any questions. Yeah, good luck. Right? But that, that's a real thing. So that is going to move. And the underlying, my, my shitty theory has always been that we've taken out so much of the economy, it's going to take a huge amount to move it. Well, mm-hmm. that, that supposition has proven to be true. Everything we've done so far has not really moved things like mortgage rates. We're starting to see the indicators of a moving economy. Right. A changing economy. Even keeping current matters. That shitty fucking Instagram page is now saying, what, a do, what do you do in a changing landscape of when it moves from a, a seller's market to a buyer's market? There, yeah. there are So people know the pivot is coming. Yeah. But I don't think the world and the media are going to really grasp on to that mm-hmm. until those mortgage rates move out and the market has some tangible impact. Right. Patrick Bet David, who I make a point not to listen to because I get a lot of confirmation bias from him because we have, tend to have the same somewhat kind of ideology as to where the economy is going. I will say he's a little more doom and gloom than me. He dug up a question from the FINRA exam. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's, it's basically a finance-related exam about how many quarters of negative GDP is generally considered a recessionary economy. Oh, it's on the exam. It's on the exam. Yeah. And yet, here we are trying to change so many of these terms. My, my point is this is that we will always look as humans, particularly those in each one of our own businesses, whatever segment you're in, for a ray of hope. Yeah. For the shiny star of optimism that things aren't going to be as bad as we think they might be. Yeah, naturally, that's what people do. Yeah. There, there's all sorts of ways to dissect things. And when we're talking about something as, as gloomy and as sad as layoffs, one of the things that really bothers me is that people look at this and they take the human element out of it. Yeah. By us not acknowledging that this is coming, this is a real risk, we have robbed those people who have been laid off of the dignity of saying, this is a really tough economy. I know. And even in that uh, Jerome Powell presser, he, goes on, he says at one point, you know, people with, with high income should be fine, but people with low income should be worried. I feel your pain. Bro. Yeah, I heard that. You feel, you, you feel their pain? Come on. I heard that in my office, and I thought to myself, like, you couldn't have made a more asshole-tastic. Yeah, exactly. Like, dickhead comment. And he's got the worst poker face. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of, I don't know if you, you know this, but there's a lot of criticism historically. He, he's much more vocal as a Fed secretary than previous Fed secretaries have been. Yeah. yeah. Generally, in the past, there wouldn't necessarily be a press conference like this. It would be a release of the Fed minutes and maybe a couple of things here and there. But he's tried to be, quote, more communicative, end quote. So. Mm. This is not necessarily normal. And there are those proponents who say that this is not a good thing for him to do because it allows people to dive into his comments and his rhetoric and, and really see 
I wouldn't say really go down a path they probably shouldn't go down. They would go far beyond the minutes, right? Right. So it also has had dynamic impacts to the actual financial markets. There's been press conferences where Powell has said stuff that was stupid Mm -hmm. that impacted the entire trading day. Yeah. So not necessarily the world's smartest move uh, from a guy who should be smarter than he seemingly sounds like. And I can't help but wonder why that is. Yeah. They're not supposed to be political. I mean, is it is it politics? They're not. I mean, is it is it covering for his ass because they didn't move a year earlier? Like, why? I, I don't mean, think we'll ever know. Who else can get in front of these reporters and answer questions? And no, no one from no one from the Biden administration. Not really right? that. Well, no, they shouldn't. I but. mean, because they've already changed the definition of a recession, so it sounds way worse coming from them. One thousand percent. But I guess the question is, is like, why why didn't the Fed act earlier? These are smart people. They knew. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it, we'll never have that answer. No, I, I get no. that. I get that we'll never have that answer. And no, he, no, that's fine. And he knows he made that mistake, but he clearly knows that he made the mistake. That's why, that's why he's trying to hold off the idea, the ideology of a recessionary economy, which to me is is super weird. But yeah, nonetheless, I have been getting a lot of DMs lately from he, people. People sliding into the DMs, sliding into the DMs. I get a lot of DMs. I think because we cover so much financial stuff. Yeah, that people don't want to openly say that they're appreciative of of the financial conversation because there's still a little bit of a financial literacy element to the world right we don't know we don't know somebody told me the other day that we talk about some technical terms that you know she didn't understand yeah my my initial knee-jerk reaction was good the more you listen the more you'll understand yeah like, we, that's we've, a good ta- thing. we've talked about this yeah and chris and i have had conversations about maybe we should dive in deeper and discuss things and explain things further but uh, i think it would you know behoove people to Hear these terms that they don't know about and then take the time to just now Google them. Not even that. I mean, you can learn a couple of ways directly, obviously, but mm-hmm. there, there's almost like a little bit of osmosis. If this is in your car and you're playing yeah, and you're listening to it, the more we have these conversations, the more this stuff really starts to, to kind of galvanize and congeal for you. Yeah. It really starts to add together. But we don't have to apologize for for putting this on the same way that Will Smith has to apologize for what he oh, did to Chris Rock. Oh, he already did. He Four did. months too late. So we talked about this slightly on the podcast. It's like a hero falling. Yeah. Right? Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I don't ours, know who the hero is here. Ours just wears a hat that represents his brand. Yeah. So Will Smith goes on his social media platform, has some text messages in this very well edited and manicured presentation. Leading into him coming into the room, sitting down on the chair. Now he's wearing his hat for his his, Westbrook his brand, hat. whatever, Westbrook, whatever that his brand is. He's got the water in the back, you know, just water, just water for his son, for his son. You know, so, always, always branding. So there's a lot of branding there. I, th- I thought that was kind of bad taste. I didn't like it. And then he takes questions about the whole Chris Rock thing, and I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I do think there's a subtle bit of irony in the fact that this is clearly the appropriate thing to do to address it with everyone. But how authentic is it when a man who literally that night won an Academy Award for acting exactly is so apologizing? You, right. You've won an, an Oscar award as best actor for your performance. And now you're coming out with what seems to be like a production like video. No, there's three cameras. No, four. This is the fourth camera. Yeah. Four of them. Yeah. yeah. Three or four cameras. And look, I, I love Will. You know, like I have like, I feel like wow. gro- growing Not past up. past tense. Good for you. Huh? Not past tense. Good for you. Uh, I love. mean, pe- people so make love. mistakes. 
deserves a second chance. Whatever this is, first mistake. In I know a lot of people make mistakes. Many, many years. bitch slapped somebody on national television. It's a bad, very, very bad mistake. It's a very bad mistake. A very bad mistake. But the way he's handled this, this is not only four months too late. He said, I apologize to Chris. I want to apologize to Chris's mom. Oh, yeah, that was in this. But hold, yeah. on, hold on. Let's get into the video a little bit. All right, for everybody out there in listener land, this is Will Smith. We're not going to the whole thing. Him reading questions off a teleprompter and answering them honestly. Mm. Why didn't you apologize to Chris in your acceptance speech? Um, I was fogged out by that point. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris um, and the, mes- the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. And when he is, he will reach out. Um, so I will, I will say to you, uh, Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable. And I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. Um, Wildly uncomfortable. Just the way he's, he's yeah, postured or yeah, what? Yeah, postured, the way, the way his hand gestures, like, Chris, I want to say, like, Man, send this guy a video if you want to do it this bad to him. Well, you got to call and leave him a voicemail. Why do you have to do it like this? Like He could just say, I, I apologize to Chris. Because apologizing to Chris in and of itself is not enough. He, this is a PR he, move. He needs to apologize to his fans. It's yes. a PR move. He wants to be back in business. And right now, mm-hmm. I don't know that anyone's willing to hire him without an it's, image. It seems like he's radioactive, right? Well, he's radioactive. What, what production are you going to... Let me ask you a question. The movie comes out. He's starring in it. It's a big deal. Lots of millions of dollars. And are you going to be just as interested as you were before? Be honest. Uh, well, I have fallen off. I haven't seen his last couple movies. So the one, the couple that he dropped on Netflix. So I don't know if you know this, but there was some business behind his last couple movies that were problematic. No, I didn't. Uh, so he did. He really went on made like a push to, to get his son in the movies. Like remember After Earth? Yeah. His son that, was in that. I, didn't, I didn't see that. That was horrible as far as review. And I watched it. I actually didn't. I mean, I, I'm an easy like movie goer. Like I like yeah. everything. Right. But it got horrible reviews. And people were basically saying, like, you're trying to sponsor your son too much. Like, stop. Yeah. Okay. And he's, he's picked and chooses, chose his products, or his movies, his projects in kind of weird ways. He, he was doing blockbuster after blockbuster for a while. And then yeah. he started doing he was some A-list. really weird stuff. Yeah. And that's impacted him. That's impacted his brand. It's, I'm sure it's, it's, sure it's impacted him psychologically. Well, this led to him... This is probably too much backstory, but it has a financial implication. So let's talk about it on the podcast. Okay. So he recognized that The Rock was getting paid a whole shitload more than he was. Yeah. So he knew that The Rock was leveraging social media, and it bothered him at the time that he didn't have social media. Yeah. Will Smith now has 64 million followers. And he's got a full like YouTube channel. and Full YouTube channel and everything else. But he spent, he literally called up his, his uh, agency and said, look. I need you to assign somebody to me. It's that the guy Westbrook that got assigned to him. Mm-hmm. And I need to start putting out some social content because he recognized that The Rock had become the highest paid actor in the world. And he felt that he was a better actor than someone like The Rock. Mm. That's probably true. I mean, OK. Right. That doesn't sound like a Will Smith fan. right? There. Well, I no, I, I'm just I'm just saying like this just sounds like like an old guy saying get off my lawn. I'm sure uh, back to our NBA references, guys from the 90s and in the 80s are looking at the new young guys making all the money now like okay you paved the way for these people 
to now Maybe. make more money. But in so that reference, it, you can't just, get it younger. Is, in it this is what reference, it is. In this reference, Will Smith isn't that much older than The Rock. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that he was astute enough to recognize that there is inherent value. So the, I don't know if people know this, but the way The Rock works is you sign a movie deal with The Rock. You sign a separate deal to get his social media like marketing push. Smart. Hundreds That's of, I think over hundred. Smart on his play, like yeah. just like like Floyd Mayweather, right? Well, like, him, him and Kevin Hart really pioneered that. Well, I'm sure. No, I think I think Floyd Mayweather pioneered that because it was always, oh, I'll promote the fight under Floyd Mayweather Productions. Well, from that, yeah, but from a social media perspective, it was really the Kevin Hart and The Rock that took it from 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 the movies from social media, yeah, right? Social media, yeah, and, and cross promoted one another and really repollinated their brands. But so Will Smith recognized that went on a whole year long thing where he traveled around the world doing cool shit and posted it to social media, grew his social media following, and it grew like wildfire. Right. He was well positioned to revitalize his brand. That movie Aladdin came out. Yeah. The the remake. I like that one actually. Yeah. And it was widely regarded as a hit. And yeah. he promoted on his social media and and he was like, Yes, like this works. Okay, I'm coming back. And he he was positioned. Yeah. This King Richard movie that he was in, I never saw it. I didn't, I didn't I see honestly, it. As well. I had no yeah. desire to see it. But yeah. you know, he won an award for it. Clearly, it was a success commercially, mm-hmm. personally. So he was positioned. Right. He, he had spent all, years of his life repositioning himself and his personal brand. Rebranding, yeah. Just to throw it away on this. Yeah. It's sad. Sad story. Well, so you ask why Why is this video, like why, why is he doing this? Because he spent all this time revitalizing his brand, doing all these things to get to the pinnacle of his career professionally. Right, but it's a little tone deaf. Like if you're going to do this, like come out earlier. Four months later, this is not, so many other things have happened. Since then, this is this wasn't even on anyone's radar anymore. Well, or or here's another question: Why does that have to be so produced? Why exactly? Why couldn't you get in front of your phone? Yeah, exactly. Turn that camera on you and say, "Look, I fucked up last night." Make it more personable. I don't have an excuse for it. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. The best part about all this was Chris Rock's response, which was his response was, "If everybody, this was the the following day." If everybody claims to be a victim, then nobody will hear the real victims. Even me getting smacked by Suge Smith. Alluding to Suge Knight. Death Row. Yeah, Death Row. He then goes on to say, I went to work the next day. I got kids. Yeah, and I'll see. I love that. As a dad, if somebody slapped me on national television and I got kids, how do you go home to your kids and have that conversation? Like, what What are you saying to your kids that night? Well, I mean, look, he was... Rightfully so, he was clearly flustered and he couldn't go on like immediately right after, right? He just got smacked in the face on like the biggest platform, right? But he he had an opportunity. He's a comic, one of the best comics of all time. Well, in history. In history. A legend. He could have torn him to shreds. I'm actually surprised he didn't come out afterward and just eviscerate him comically. I really hope he's building material for this. I will say that that was also interesting too. I think if Chris Rock were to do a movie right now, crush, he would crush it. Yeah, he, he's his career has got to be somewhat revitalized, especially his stand up. I think he's in the directing and executive producing like space, which is fine. But I'm just saying, like, if you're him, this is an opportunity for you, like it or not. Yeah, but would do you like this opportunity? I mean, would yes. you? Do you really? You're now socially relevant again. Does it fucking matter? Have you heard about this guy, the, the Andrew Tate, Cobra Tate, this guy? <laughs> this guy. 
Have you heard about him? Why he? It's like how did he trick everyone's algorithm? He's on like everyone's <laughs> everyone's feed. Ask the Kardashians as the number one searched phrase according to Google Trends. What was? It? Well, I don't even know the phrase. It's his name. Oh, his name. His name. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. Okay. And he's very polarizing. He he uh he's a complete misogynist in a lot of things that he says i'm not endorsing a single thing i do not like him personally no neither do i but what i will say is you have to respect the fact that he has found a way to build a giant marketing vehicle and platform for himself but this is no is it how is it any more different than what the paul brothers did or at least jake paul tremendously so in a lot of ways I, i think jake paul and logan paul weren't meant to be villains no, I think they're playing in, they're leaning into... They're leaning into it because they recognize yeah. what it is. This guy was like, fuck it, I don't care what your opinion is of me. I'm just going to be this guy. I'm going to say this stuff. And these guys have hundreds of thousands of people paying $49 a month for it's just, their university I feel like it's just artists. like with every guy that comes out that gets painted as the villain, it just continuously gets worse and worse with the things that they say. Yeah, look at Floyd Mayweather. He was right, first. started with Floyd Mayweather yeah. and then Conor McGregor stepped it up, took it up to another yeah. notch, right? And then you got, you know, Jake Paul, who's wild, right? The stuff, the, the stuff that he said about Connor's wife and about oh, Connor on himself. The, on, the, on the flight? Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was, was crazy. That, and like, it's just taking it way too far, making it too personal. And now you got this guy, Andrew Tate. And it's just like, it's like, who, who's willing to say the next crazy thing? So here's, here's something that's fascinating to me from an economic perspective about people like this. Is that love them or hate them, the eyes on them generate revenue. Yeah. Palpable, notable, large amounts of revenue. Right. And a lot of these people have a way to monetize their message. They almost create a problem and then become the solution to their problem. Floyd Mayweather's problem was, you want to see me fail. Yeah. So I'm going to keep fighting. Yeah, exactly. The Liver King's problem is, you need to. You want to look like me, but you can't afford all this really high end meat and food that's hard to get. And you're not so, willing to eat this shit that it's I not eat. Easy, yeah. It's gross, so I'm going to sell you the supplements. Yep. Uh, Logan Paul brothers worked off of a kind of a Floyd Mayweather model. Mm-hmm. This Tate guy is working off the. I'm going to say the really nasty shit that has some level of truth or some echo in your consciousness. What is he getting? Enough. He's getting paid on what from these these platforms? Him and his brother, I think twin brother, moved to moved to Romania. Mm-hmm. And they have a course, like Hustler University or something like that. Oh my god, another guy selling courses. Yeah, but here's so uh, the the web the the page on Instagram looked into them, Baller Busters, right? And they but they bust people for this stuff, right? And they looked into them and said, "Look, like I know you guys hate him. Mm-hmm. He, he's a terrible person, sure, okay. But how was he ripping anybody off? They put, so what they do is they normally say like, okay, we'll put the word out." Mm-hmm. You come back to us. And according to them, nobody came back to them and said, hey, look, we're getting ripped off. Yeah. Not one person. From the course. From the course. As a matter of fact, people who were endorsements started sending. And of, and, and they, dude, ask yourself this question. What kind of person is buying a course from Andrew Tate? Here's the thing, man. Look at Will Smith. You're telling me Will Smith doesn't feel emasculated. You're telling me that the root cause of all this wasn't him being emasculated and the 100%. whole Tupac thing and Jada 100%. and that whole thing. About, about that. You dated him when you were 20. How is this like, are we, how? How is this still a thing? Yeah, why are you still so hung up on this? Well, look, it is what it is. You could have been a fling. She probably was a fling. That's what I'm trying to say. Tupac is probably really endearing to a lot of women. That's 
You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He was the baddest motherfucker yeah, in the world back then. He didn't then. really come off as like this guy that you you want to put all you your eggs in basket. He seemed a little non-committal. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it is what it is, and and this the sad the sad reality is is that I think there's a lot of people who feel like Will Smith. There's a lot of people who feel like Tate is the answer for them. They uh, want that's... that dominant male figure. Look, yeah, we got, talk a lot about my testosterone on the show, right? Daddy issues. Not in daddy issues. It's, it's like you talk a lot about my testosterone on the show, right? Okay. We, we talk about how every generation for the last several generations has had a lower average testosterone number. That's a real number. Yeah. Like it or not, that's real. Right. Now we're in a set of circumstances where I think men don't feel like men anymore. We're not hunting. We're not gathering. And I think a lot of ways women sometimes don't feel like women anymore because we as men don't necessarily treat them like the way we, we we're, not, we're not romantic anymore and we're not romantic anymore i am you're not and i'm the i'm uh, romantic what, shit boy the me- the message that gets that gets sent out from like what quote-unquote women are searching in a man right has shifted drastically i'd say in the like from when we were kids till now right like mm-hmm. you think you think like it's not too long ago where uh it it was being portrayed on television and in movies how I want a man to be aggressive and, and approach me and, you know, like, I, I got a date planned out. We're going here, this and that. And now, I don't know. It's like, that's like frowned upon. This one I found out a long time ago, which I thought was hilarious. You know how it's common courtesy and considered generally respectful for a man to open a door for a woman to walk through first? I make my son do it every time. You know, in history, that was actually the inappropriate way to do that? Really? A man was supposed to go through the door first to make sure there wasn't any harm when mm. entering the space. And then a woman would precede him afterward after yeah, it's proven to be safe. We're in a safe world, safe place now. So now I'm just telling you what the, what the logic was. Yeah. So, so much of what we think is respectful and classy shifts on a paradigm of time. Yeah. And time changes a lot of things. It does. So maybe someone who harkens back to an older time like Tate resonates with a lot of people for some reason. I mean, think about what Trump did. He was very polarizing. Right. Very polarizing. Can we spend a minute talking about how Nancy Pelosi is causing World War III? Oh, man. Yeah. So I saw a video today. I, I rarely watch like the news on television anymore, but I, my mom's here and she, she's visiting us and she likes to watch CNN. Mm-hmm. I'll turn on CNN for her and there's literally a video showing missiles landing off the coast of Taiwan in the water from China. How fucking scary is that? And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is all because the fucking Speaker of the House. Right. Decided she was going to unilaterally visit Taiwan, the highest ranking official visit to Taiwan in 25 years. Right. And presumptively to line her pockets when stock prices change. Mm-hmm. What, what are we doing? Where are we at? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, this why, chick is literally crazy. Yeah. Why put yourself in the country in harm's way like that? Why take a stance make- unilaterally? Yeah. Like, why why has it got to be you? Yeah, exactly. Especially when she's traded so much on the chip bill or her husband. Paul yeah. <laughs> Pelosi is a Yeah, who yeah. has no idea about yeah. Yeah, yeah no idea about the, the bill being presented at all. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even know where to begin with that. It's like it's so it's out of left field that like, you know, I, earlier this year, I, I heard somebody say this that I thought was like so true. It's like we should all just take a break for a day and just like pat ourselves on the back for uh, keeping like everyone alive because there's so many nukes out there and nobody's used them. Let's all just pat ourselves on the back real quick and uh, understand and appreciate like shit's not going down and now you see this shit going on you're like uh could it go down what yeah i mean you're saying world war three right like i, I meant it 
more like rhetorically. I didn't really mean it. Yeah. Let but me no, ask you a question. It's let me ask you a question. Uh huh. You feel fat? No. You don't Actually, feel fat? I feel lean. Feel lean? Yeah. You like it when I make fat jokes about you? Doesn't bother me. You make them back? Yeah. Okay. So if we were to go to war with the country, we would throw a nuclear bomb their way. It isn't the country that you nuke that you have to worry about nuking you back. Right. It's everybody else around you who, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's yeah, going to yeah, be offended. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll listen to the podcast, tell me that you're not fat, blah, 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 defend you all the time. <laughs> I know you're not offended. No, 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 exactly. <laughs> and and, and that, that's kind of, I mean, it's, it's a really crude variant and very, you know, inhumane, but that's the problem. Right. You can't just bomb one country and think that's all good. That's, that's everybody my, else is turning against that's you at my, that point. That's my point. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's, you, it's the bombs that come in places you don't know that are the problem. Right, exactly. And that's my point. That's that's the scary thought. Like, you know, something like that. This thing this whole thing is being held together by like popsicle sticks and glue? Yeah, exactly. Or money. Money makes a lot of these things hold together. Mm-hmm. China and the US have a huge trading relationship, yeah. like it or not. Debt. Right. We've got a lot of different things that go on with China. Yeah. We talk all this shit, but at the end of the day, we're all one big worldwide family. That's the irony. Right. All of our economies depend on one another. You want to see a comedy that doesn't depend on one another? Go to North Korea. Completely yeah. isolated from the world. Mm-hmm. Struggling to get by. They have issues there. Speaking of which, there's not been a, lot, a whole lot of North Korean talk recently. Yeah, it just kind of fell off. Kim Jong-un. Yeah, Kim Jong-un. There's <laughs> Dennis Rodman visiting him a yeah, couple that, times. That all so. died out. What that happened? all died out. Because, yeah. I don't know, it was more polarizing when Trump was in office, I guess. Because he, he met with him shook his hand? I guess. Uh, I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah. All right, yes, yeah. that's, that's bizarre, but all right. So people have also hit me up in the DMs lately. I, I feel like now you're just bragging. No, 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 I'm not bragging. Yeah. You don't have social media at all, and I've got lots of followers and people who <laughs> talk to me about the show that we do together, but nobody ever talks to you. Yeah. that bother you? No. You get insecure not, about that? Not at all. Really? Not at all. I feel like you do a little bit. Zero. So like... Eventually, someday, I might, I might have to, may have to get one. Mm, Eventually. Corrupting you day by day, brother. Yeah. I might be forced to. So let me ask you a question. If you were to find out subsequently to this show that every single person that hits me up and asks if you're actually fat, I say yes to. <laughs> would, that, would that bother you? I, I know it wouldn't. Just hypothetical. Oh, they'll see it someday. Okay. We're doing. We're going to do a rebranding photo shoot, right? They're going to see then. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, he's not that fat. Irma and I have been homies for a long time. She's uh, going to make those photos look extra wide. We'll get yeah. you a nice like <laughs> Photoshop. Yeah. Really like 10 millimeter lens. Yeah. Put it real close to you. Yeah. You're gonna, you gonna look beefy. You're gonna look wide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna look the Great Wall of China. <laughs> you're gonna look big. <laughs> good, good. People have been asking me a lot about the San Jose trip. And now that the episode before this has been the interview with Adam. Right. I thought we would talk about that trip up there. Yeah. I mean, the trip up there was great. I mean, we got to the airport super early in the morning. That's when you show you send me the link to the Will Smith apology that we thought was a pile of crap. <laughs> you, uh, mean, you mean completely full of shit? Why yeah, are you being politically yeah, correct yeah, now? Yeah, full of shit. Some nights uh, you cuss a lot. Some nights you're just like, and then uh, can pile of crap, man. Yeah, yeah. I forget. I forget how loose we can be. Um, and then Chris and I go. We we land and we we go to breakfast. And my, that's my what, second breakfast, by the way. Yeah, oh, your second breakfast. And we ate like fatty, fucking fatty. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, bad. Yeah. No, man, we were uh, steaks, bro. We had a steak and eggs. That's not fatty, bro. That's and cottage cheese. Yeah, yeah. You cottage cheese. Yuck. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. But Chris and I go to this restaurant, and we we think that the unemployment numbers are wrong because there were a lot of people there. There was a lot of dude. It was what was it Thursday, Friday? It Friday? was a Friday. Friday. It was a Friday. There was a shit ton of people in from, the restaurant from the moment we were there to the moment we left. People coming in and out. It was just packed. Yeah, on a Friday. Yeah. And then I forced Saeed to go on a walk for three miles, three and a half miles through downtown San Jose. 
something that Chris says that he likes to do. I do like, oh, I like to look at the small businesses. I like to look around. Right. Just kind of see what's there. You don't look like you walk a lot, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Look at you getting into the spirit of things. Fat <laughs> asshole. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, I like to walk around. I like to check things out. Uh, we had to go to a hotel so I, so I can go poop. Oh, wait. Before you get into that. We're, we're going to skip that. Before I get into that. Before then. you get into that. <laughs> how funny was it? How many, how many uh, used car dealerships did we see? Oh, my God. It was like six. There was like six and they were all full. Awful. Awful. Oh, we just, I felt bad. Chris was laughing. I laughed my ass off because there was, <laughs> there was the, only, the only one that I even had somebody working was that Porsche like mechanic shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the street that we were on in San Jose, but there were literally like used car dealerships everywhere. And every single one of them had full lots and nobody like seemed to be outside. Like no. nobody was home. No, this yeah, is Friday, yeah. middle of the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, Clearly they was, didn't listen to our, uh, our auto loan episode. Yeah, well, clearly they did not, but. It was very bizarre. So we walked three miles, walk walk over to a hotel. I used the restroom, walk back over, and then go to the Mind Pump Studios. Walked over to Mind Pump Studios, which was uh, it was it was cool because it was it was hidden. We're not going to release anything about where it was, but it was kind of cool because it was hidden and we didn't really know where I didn't know where it was. You, I think you did. I just knew the address, but I was on the phone. When we got there, so yeah. I, just, I just pointed to the building. Yeah, you pointed <laughs> to the building. I was like, "This door right here, I guess." Okay. We go in and um, it was it was cool to see to see the you know the the gym that they shoot all their videos in and to walk back and to see their studio which looks like a, a just I mean a full production set. But these guys could have been more gracious. I mean, we walk in, yeah. shake everybody's hands. I, I poke my head in, in in the beginning. I didn't want to interrupt. There they were in the studio. I didn't know if they were podcast recording or not or whatever, but they weren't. Right. Uh, they had Adam had two chairs for us on the side to watch uh, watch them record an yeah, episode, which yeah. some subsequently came out. Right, let us sit there and watch how they do things. Everything was just shot in one take, like professionals. God damn, Sal was so good, so good, so good. Yeah, that set a bar. We're we're never gonna match that bar. We're never yeah. gonna we're never I mean, gonna be there. Yeah, I, I mean, don't say never, but I mean, these no, guys. I'll tell you they, right now, we're never gonna. They've be there. been doing that. That was the coolest thing about the show is just to see these guys walk that walk. And take this thing from what it was to where it is now. And you know, along the way, they had to have gone through so many obstacles, you know. And I think Adam even said, like, oh, we're all alphas, you know, they've had many disagreements. And but for them to work it all out and to um, still be where they are and have this great tight knit relationship is it was it was honestly not to sound corny, but it was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. And that's exactly the reason why I chose a beta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I chose I chose to work with somebody who yeah, I knew bro, was going to be soft up. and effeminate. Yeah, I yeah. don't even have anything to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. no. True, true alphas. True because alphas don't speak. Yeah. True, <laughs> true, true alphas. Shh, yeah. It's facts. Don't don't give me the true alphas. Don't yeah, respond. What are the, what <laughs> yeah, it's facts. Yeah. You think you come back? I'll give you some time. Yeah, yeah. Lines. What is white? Yeah. <laughs> what is white? Great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't do the Jamie Foxx. No, no, I am your conscious. I am your conscious. I am your conscious. Go ahead. No, no. No, whatever your response. Lions don't time. concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. I'm a true lion. For man, it's not on social media. A lot of meme-worthy social media coming out of you. <laughs> That's um, Gary V, baby. It's not Gary V, dude. <laughs> that is not Gary V. Gary V, positive thinking. Let's go. For those people who are driving right now, Saeed actually did the five-finger thing that Gary V does when he said that, which is really, <laughs> really I bizarre. I didn't know he does that. It yeah, just came out. It. It got manifested, bro. It's destiny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, the guys were amazing. Uh, you already heard the the by now you should have heard the podcast with Adam and featuring Doug as well. It was it was really tremendously a whole lot of Hopefully fun. Hopefully we could work something out with them to you know continue uh, you know bring him on as a recurring guest. That'd be cool. 
I would like to do that. And as a matter of fact, we should probably give him a call and talk about that. But Adam has been amazingly gracious. I mean, he shouted us out on the Mind Pump channel. He's 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 shouted us out on his personal stuff. I mean, the, he's cross pollinated. So a lot of people who listen to the show now are truly Mind Pump fans. In addition to the higher standard fans, so yeah. we love you and appreciate you and. God damn, Adam couldn't have been. Yeah, and if more you amazing. don't know about their podcast, Mind Pump, first of all, shame on you. Second yeah, of all, number one fitness podcast in the world. Yeah, shame on you for not knowing. Second of all, go out and listen to them too because they're great. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah you, they are great. I mean, I've, it's been long, seven years or so. I mean, I've listened to them for a long time. Right, I, I'm at the point now where I can't even quantify it. I don't, I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. And it's sad to say that after all those years, I've been in amazing shape, and now I'm in this shape. So maybe, maybe I need to listen more again because <laughs> yeah. I'm falling off a little bit. We're getting there. All right. Well, we are at the 42-minute mark, and it is time to say goodbye to everybody. All right. Toodles. That we are sure shit not ending on a toodles. <laughs> Come on. What is that? Come on. Leave it in. No. Leave it on that. I should edit that out. No, no, no. Keep it in. Right uh, there. End it. No. I don't really have much to say other than it's not toodles we're ending this with. Yeah. Have everybody have a good night. We'll see you next time. Bye. Toodles. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you were listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.